Hey everyone, welcome back to the Digital Church Toolkit podcast. I'm here with our friend Finn. He's gonna, uh, he'll introduce himself. I'll let him introduce himself. So Finn, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Hi there, I'm really pleased to be here uh, today. So my name's Finn, Finn Johnston. Um, yeah, so I uh, live in uh, Suffolk in the UK, in England, um, and I'm part of a multi-site church that meets there across three locations. Um, so part of my role is I head up our communications team um, so that's uh, kind of everything we do digitally, everything we um, market ourselves um, externally, but also the way in which we communicate internally. So I kind of oversee some of the CRO management and just kind of people management um, for the church as well. So yeah, married, two kids, um, yeah, living living in the middle of nowhere in Suffolk, um, and yeah, we're the church. That's 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 me. <laughs> so uh, talk to us about. You say you're multi-site church. Yeah. Rural multi-site church. So talk to us a little bit about that context, just so everyone understands yeah. kind of your context. Because I think when people hear multi-site, they think huge locations, yeah. they think America. Yes. But I know that probably quite isn't your no, kind that's of context. Definitely not. So. That's definitely not our context. So um, we started as one location in a, a village called Devonham, which um, I think when I last checked had a population of about 3,500 people so uh, you know relatively small village um depends on your context i suppose um but yeah so the church grew out of that so church has been going about 25 years um and uh essentially um we wanted to get bigger as an organization and i think churches generally kind of have that as their vision and, and want to uh, grow want to grow reach people, people. Uh, and so we decided to go down the multi-site model because for us and particularly in this sort of rural setting um, we really liked the idea of that we could grow bigger by growing smaller. Um, so by yeah. making sort of smaller, more intimate um, uh, congregations, as it were, we could um, be bigger as an organisation and reach more people. Um, just geographically, we could cover more ground. Um, and so, yeah, we currently meet in three locations across Suffolk. Um, our whole church, I think on our books, we have about 500 people. So really not massive um, in church um, terms. Um, yeah, and so that yeah it's broken down across the three um and kind of as i guess you would expect um for anyone that is familiar with the multi-site model our um initial site our original site is the biggest of the three um we then launched um thurston um which i'm involved at um uh, that's kind of our second largest in terms of attendance um on sundays um and then the most recent one i um yeah would be i guess the smallest of the three mm-hmm. um so yeah kind of um, not massive, um, really, but not massive. You know, so I think um, I sort of average attendance around sort of 50, 60 mark on a Sunday. We're kind of just under the 100 mark. So again, that's not huge. Um, yeah, not huge. Adults only, I'm counting there. But um, yeah, so yeah, so we uh, have a relatively large staff team for a church that size um, because we don't own any of our buildings. So that's probably another thing to throw into the mix. So we don't actually own those buildings that we meet in on a Sunday. Um, kind of the thought and process behind that was more about putting money into people than places. Um, and so that's just kind of been the uh, approach we've always adopted. Um, so yeah, um, that's kind of how it pans out. So and what part does digital play in the strategy of the church? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So I think um, as a church, historically, we've tried to be quite um, forward thinking on this. Um, so yeah, I joined the organisation probably about four years ago now. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was involved in that from day one. My background is kind of web design and graphic design. Um, and so I was brought in to um, help with that and implement that. So I think yeah, even 
that, you know, four years ago as a church with very limited budget, very limited time, um, that um, they wanted to invest in someone, you know, essentially to pay someone to oversee that and give some real sort of strategy and guidance in that area. I think that probably says a lot um, about kind of... They've got a value for it. Yeah, I think they see the benefits of it. Um, Yeah, I think... uh, the, the, the sort of fighting the tide of the online of digital seems a little bit futile and that, that's probably my personal opinion but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely our opinion yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd like to think so <laughs> good uh, so I mean I, I'm, a, I'm familiar a little bit with rural Suffolk because my mum grew up in rural Suffolk uh, and her dad did and probably many generations of his family did too so I'm a little familiar so what what would you say the difference is in using digital in maybe somewhere like Suffolk compared to doing it in London or Manchester or like a city centre? What what's the difference? What part is it playing? How are you using it to reach people? How are you using it to engage the church community? Yeah, so um, it's, yeah, great question, and I think probably that is kind of our biggest challenge with digital at the moment. Um, so you know, local community the local communities in which we meet are just less active on social media than those that would be in a city. Um, so we are very rural, small population, sparsely populated as well. Um, not great mobile phone signal. Not great signal at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm pretty sure high-speed broadband got here about six months ago, so um, I'm only half joking there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we kind of live in this tension where um, that's the kind of current reality, but I also recognise only a matter of time before we see growth. And I mean that in terms of population, like say the three locations in which we meet, um, you know, we've strategically chosen them because they are fast growing uh, villages. So I know all of them have current housing developments. And so yeah. we're going to see more people, we're going to see more infrastructure uh, in the long term. Um, and so in terms of both population and kind of social media digital uptake, um, in the future, I can see that being much larger and therefore we could be a lot more effective on it. Um, so, you know, we want to get to the point where we're thinking more about that. You know, so uh, one strategy I've heard about, which I'd love to kind of utilise more, is um, sort of using localised Twitter searches. And just for us yeah, at the moment, yeah. that would be largely pointless. Um, but in an inner city environment, I can imagine that being so useful. So, you know, if you... Yeah. You search for you know someone who's got like hashtag moving day or hashtag sad or morning yeah. or something like that. You can jump into that conversation at church and be like, oh, we'll yeah. help you move or oh, I'm sorry to hear your loss. Can we help in that? Do you know what I mean? So we don't have that as an option right now, and so that's where I see yeah going forward to more opportunity. Um, so in terms of the day, the week to week stuff that you're doing as a church, what are you doing on digital? Like, what are you actually doing? You. Know, I assume you're posting on social media. I assume you're sending out some form of email. Like, what's the kind of stuff yeah. you're doing? Great. Kind of, like, what does your what does your job actually look like? Okay, so um, so for me, my top level, I'm about sort of strategizing and overseeing the internal and external communication, how we market ourselves, kind of how we evangelize digitally to use kind of more sort of church language. Um, and it's also beyond that as well, how we keep our attendees engaged, how we keep them informed of what we're doing. So um, how that looks practically is, um, let's run through some of the stuff. So website, um, and again, I say that like it's an obvious, but it's not always particularly in rural stuff. Like, um, yeah. We uh, podcast, um, and we have two different podcasts. One will be a weekly catch-up on a Sunday talk, um, and that is just 
very cut and dry. Whatever happens on stage uh, in adults gets put yeah. out. Um, and then we also have a more conversational podcast, um, which is aimed at our young people, students sort of age. Um, uh, and that's more conversational and t- sort of topic based. Um, so talk to us about that, because I think that's a great idea. And I think a lot of churches would really benefit from doing that kind of kind of conversational kind of podcast. Yeah but they just don't think about it. So talk, talk about why you did that. Yeah. And then and like what the kind of impact has been for your kind of local community on that. Yeah. Great. Um, so why we did that is a really good question because again, uh, so the way it works around here is, um, it's great for kids. Um, you know, people move here specifically when they're thinking about having kids or when they're, you know, expecting or whatever. Um, it's a great place to grow up and I can testify to that. That's my experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're actually commutable distance from London. Absolutely. Like the cities, yeah. the cities in Suffolk, you're actually commutable yeah, to London. Absolutely. Like Ipswich, Bays and Edmonds. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so but the sort of tendency, the life cycle, I guess, of an average um, sort of person that lives in Suffolk would be grow up in Suffolk, normally they get to about university age, go away, experience a big city, and then probably move away until they themselves have kids and then people. <laughs> so, yeah. But us, like the, how, the whole way we do students and sort of young adults, those that are too old for our youth ministry but maybe don't feel that adults is like necessarily designed for them intentionally enough um we've always had that as a big question mark um and i think a lot of churches do um and so we're not you know an inner city church where we're getting a huge amount of university students so for us to like run a really dedicated student ministry would uh, yeah just wouldn't be a great use of resources that's the reality um but we also recognize there was a large swathe of of people that would fall into that category um either you had to do something you didn't want to be producing you didn't want to be doing like a student service or a young adult service every single week because the capacity wasn't there for that but if you didn't do something they were going to go somewhere or do something else you know and i just think um uh, for us podcasting um it's kind of always been there and but it just seems to be growing and growing which um Mm. yeah and kind of i guess against it does buck the trend a bit. I think it's one of those things where, to begin with, it started, people got on board, and then it almost looked like, oh, that's kind of a fad thing that's died off, but then it's just massively uh, rocketed. In, in- I think audio, like, audio is, like, the future. It's, like, Alexa search, yeah. podcasts, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, podcasting seems to be the new blogging. Yes. Like, if you remember, like, 10 years ago, like, yeah. everyone was blogging. Yeah, that's good. And I know we've jumped on this trend, too, yeah. but, like, now everyone seems to be podcasting. Like, it just seems yeah. to be, like, the thing people are doing. Yeah. Um. I don't really know why. I think it's become easier. I think it's become cheaper. You know, microphones are cheaper than they used to be. And more people know how to edit audio now than they used to. Yeah. But you are right. Like it is, it's been a bit of an interesting, it kind of come down and then kind of has just exploded in the past like three years. I agree. And so we just recognize this is a great way to reach out to that community, to meet with them and to, um, yeah, just create a space where we could address some of the topics they wanted to speak about or hear about um, and do it in a way that, again, you know, to be blunt about it, relatively cheap. We don't need a venue necessarily. Yeah. And, you know, we can set up in a room, two microphones, three microphones, and we're away, and we can create something that's genuinely useful content. Um, so um, we started a kind of monthly gathering, um, much more informal, a sort of church of sorts but very very informal um sort of lounge style um uh, and we wanted something alongside that to just facilitate conversation really um and so we um started this podcast um i say we like i had any involvement in it but i really didn't practically <laughs> the team that sort of owned that just took it and just 
yeah, absolutely grew it into something um, great. So they just, um, yeah, and they talk about stuff that's, you know, young people want to talk about. Do you know what I mean? They, um, I do they, think that kind of 16 to 25 age bracket, you are handling some issues that you're maybe not handling at 35 or 45. Yeah, like, as someone who's, I'm just, just over that age yeah, bracket, yeah. like, the stuff you're navigating at, like, 20, 21, 22, yeah. like, it's like, it's very, like, it's a very kind of, interesting age and yeah. i think you're having to make that navigation from like education to work and so i think you guys putting resources out to help them navigate that is like fantastic yeah and that's definitely the idea is um you know so we maybe can't justify doing a whole like series of church and adults about that but we can do two three weeks even on the same subject in there and, and bringing different voices and different backgrounds um, in order to speak into, you know, like you say, topics that are going to resonate um, with that age, age demographic. Yeah. And, and like you say, like, podcasting is just a relatively simple thing to do these days. Um, and so, again, like, so there's that, uh, what we call the Eden podcast is what I was just talking about, our student um, kind of young adults vibe. And then, um, like I said, we do this weekly one. Um, and again, like, you know, you're already producing the content, which is probably something I'm going to be banging on about in this in so far. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just think, and this is kind of just my heart for it, is like churches produce so much content and then we just kind of throw it away. Um, you know, we pull together um, amazing stuff for an hour on a Sunday, maybe a little bit more, and then you know, once it's done, it's done and, and oh, never man. more so return to. And so it's like you've put that energy, you put that effort. I was know. at a church on Sunday. I was at my girlfriend's church on Sunday and um, her pastor preached the best message on the Sermon on the Mount I have ever heard yeah. in my life. Yeah. And I know the guy, so, but like, honestly, and I've, I've, been at, I've been at some of the most famous Bible schools in the world, so yeah. I've heard them, I've heard them, and, but it was amazing. There was been, I'm going to say 60 people in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if it was recorded on yeah. audio and it definitely wasn't videoed, yeah. but it was the best sermon I've e I ever, ever, ever heard yeah. in 25 years in the church. I mean, um, on the Sermon on the Mount, I just thought, man, like this stuff needs to get out there. Absolutely. And that's happening in most churches across the country. Like yeah. most preachers are actually really good. Yeah. Most people are putting a lot of effort into that message. And then even like, even if, like even my half the church don't know how to access the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, they're just not really, like, doing anything to yeah. kind of get it out there. Mm. And really, like, it's not stewarding it well. Like, yeah, you've got absolutely. these preachers with these amazing gifts and spending a lot of time and a lot of energy producing these messages. And I think putting it out there really helps. Yeah. Like, One, it does it justice. Two, it stewards it well. But three, like, you get the most out of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, so podcasts, socials, what are you guys doing on socials? Yeah, so again, we want to be really um, strategic about what we do on socials and how we do it. Um, so we, at the moment, we have um, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, those are the four social medias we use. Um, and we wanted to do four relatively well rather than do eight very averagely. Um, and we wanted to be clear about the reality that those um have a specific audience and therefore our content needs to relate to that so what we put on instagram will be very different to what we put on twitter or facebook or if it's not very different we'll have at least um considered what subtle changes we need to make in order to a reach the audience that that social network's going to reach but then b 
yep. the like just formatting of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think, um, and again, this is probably something we might come on to, but so I think people look at the big churches again. You look at the churches in the states, and uh, it's all very polished. Um, particularly in terms of videos, photography, uh, very high-end stuff. And um, I think for a majority of social network um, applications, we don't necessarily need that. Uh, I think people are looking for authenticity. People are looking for a real um, uh, story of what's going on in your church, of what you're trying to articulate. Um, I think there's exceptions to that. So I think Instagram um, is about beautiful images. And so... Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So... so and I think, but I think there's also I still think there's ways around that. But my point is that um, I think we can very quickly, and again, it comes back to what you were saying. It's like people have this idea that you know you've got to be a big church and multi-million, you know, pound, um, you know, income to even think about doing social. And it's just like it's just not true. Like you know, with we have a camera in our pocket, most of us that is mm-hmm. um, phenomenal and will more than do the job if we utilise it correctly. So it's true. Um, so true. So we, um, yeah. So again. Um, so, you know, what you stick up on um, Twitter um, can be much more candid, can be much more rough around the edges um, because uh, Twitter is much more instant and much more people just want to yeah. know what's going on right now. And it doesn't need to be the most beautiful image in the world if you just are telling the story of what's going on right now. So, um, yeah, so we want to be really clear about how we use those for. Um, YouTube is kind of the most recent that we've adopted. Um, so we just started off with the three. Um, and we had YouTube as kind of a, just a dumping ground. Um, uh, and But we are now really beginning to sort of invest and think about it. Um, yeah, I could talk about YouTube for a while. Um, uh, it's, um, yeah, just something that we're really quite passionate about at the moment. Um, maybe because it's new uh, to us. Maybe because we're thinking about it a bit differently than we have before. Um, but yeah, so, um, so there's that. Um, internally, um, we do, uh, um, email marketing. Um, and so we, um, a lot of, again, like a lot of churches, we, when I arrived, we were doing the sort of paper handout that you're thrust, um, as you walk through the door, um, not great for the environment. No one read it. It yeah. goes in the bin. It's Absolutely. a whole bunch of effort. If we handed out a hundred, uh, we collected 98 at the end, yeah. put them in the bin, um, because they were then out of date. Um, so yeah, um, moved onto email marketing with all that stuff. Um, and yeah, definitely haven't looked back in that regard. Um, I just love it. It's a great way of getting information out to your attendees, um, helping people feel involved. You can target if you want. We're quite broad with it. Um, we basically just have sign up if you want to know what's going on around our church. Um, and we'll just send you information. Um, but again, data wise on that, um, so you can see who's, you know, uh, what's getting clicked on. Um, and if people are just, you know, you're putting out information that just isn't relevant to people, you know, let's cut it. Let's, let's um, create something that is useful. Mm, and again, yeah. you I think that's that really good. Just a couple of quick questions. Um, are you doing anything particularly for new visitors in terms of email? So are you collecting in visitors or guests' emails and then doing something specific for them? Or are you, are you just onboard, onboarding them to the main mailing list? What, what are you doing? Really good. And that's something that people should be thinking about. We are thinking about it, but we don't do it connected as a connecting team uh, on Sundays at each location. Um, and that's kind of their role is um, to welcome people, help them feel, you know, really welcome um, and to um, try and help them find the next step. Um, so as part of that, we're probably going to need to follow up with them. So we will either want a mobile number or an email address. Um, people see more 
um, open to giving away email addresses. I think it's just mm. commonly done these days. Um, phone number still feels a little bit personal, so we do try and push for email over uh, mobile. Um, yeah, and so what we do with that information, uh, so I will tell you what should happen, and you can, um, uh, it doesn't always. So what should happen <laughs> is someone new comes in, a connect speaks to them, takes those details. Um, their details are then added on Church Suite or whatever your CRM is. Yeah. Um, they are tagged as a new connection. Um, the location leader at that, um, so our campus pastors or whatever yeah. location leaders, um, should then follow up with that um, new person in the week um, just to welcome them again, um, you know, check that you know, all the questions they had were answered, stuff like that, and also to help them with whatever we've established is a great next step. Um, and then we, the sort of journey goes from there, depending on what sort of route they go down. So maybe it's connecting them in with an alpha course. Um, maybe it's just connecting them with people and community. Um, yeah, so that's how it should work. Um, it doesn't always pan out that way. Um, and so we definitely, that's something at the moment we're having big conversations about. Is that. Have you guys been using Flow in Church Suite? So that's, again, no, we don't at the moment. And again, that's something that um, we really want to get integrated. Partly because then you can see who's not doing it. <laughs> So, sorry, for everyone who doesn't know. Accountability is important. So, uh... <laughs> so for everyone that doesn't know, Church Street is like a church management software. And if you're in the UK, I really think Church Street, it really is your best option. Yeah. It's built by people in the UK. They're really accessible. I had a call with them last week. They're super accessible. Um, and if you're in a UK context, they're like gift day, GDPR, or compliant. Like, they're phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and they've got a feature called Flows, which is basically like automation. So it allows you to kind of take people or in, in a marketing term, it would be building a funnel yeah. effectively. So you get people from one place to another, yeah. but you can you can sign them off at each step of the way. Um, and the beauty of it- like, It is really useful. It is. The beauty of it, like you say, is the automation yeah. inside, in terms of, so you can set it up that, you know, so again, using the example that I just did, um, as a as a location leader, you can get an email let's say two weeks after that person's been had a new connection just says so an automatic email comes through to you like this person have you been following up with them have you asked this yeah. question this question do you know what I mean so you can it's kind of like once they're put in that like you say it just walks them through and make sure that you're um staying accountable and also doing the best you can for those newcomers yeah you said that you kind of oversee strategy yeah and do you have any kind of strategy lines or kind of ethoses or kind of any do you have like any overarching strategies yeah, absolutely. So um, one uh, area that we should really like to kind of keep constant, keep at the forefront of our thinking is that we don't want to invite people to events. We want to invite them into a conversation. So I think too many churches use social media a bit like a notice board. We just fling up everything that we're doing. It's a one-way conversation and we're just talking at people. We're just saying we're doing this. And it's, um, in my eyes, utterly irrelevant. It doesn't involve people. Um, and so... Um, I think as churches, we have a huge advantage over most, um, yeah, if not all areas of life in that we genuinely want something for people. We don't want something from them. Um, and we serve Jesus. Do you know what I mean? We, uh, we're not at the mercy of, um, you know, if we were in a corporate setting, our line manager, our, ultimately our shareholders would be pushing an agenda, yeah. ultimately pushing profits. Um, we have such flexibility in so far that we just want to help people take a step closer to Jesus because we genuinely believe yeah. that will make them, um, you yeah, help them be better in life, help, um, yeah, help them connect them to the ultimate source of life. So um, I just think, uh, yeah, it, that sort of conversational element to it is just so important. Um, yeah. 
uh, yeah. And I just think being useful as well, sharing content, um, far more important and relevant than just inviting to church um, every... So in terms of inviting people into a conversation, yeah. what does that practically look like? How does that change how you post on Facebook, how you post on Instagram, yeah. how you send out emails? Like what, 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 what's the practical differences? Yeah, so I think a good rule of thumb, and there's a guy called Dave Adamston, and if, um, if you're interested in this sort of stuff and you're not following him, I would highly suggest you do. Um, so Dave... Um, he's at North Point, right? He's, he's, he's the social media pastor at North Point. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he just is constantly just putting out stuff that is super useful in this area it's so um practical um yeah and so i mean 99 percent of what i think and uh, i'll have to say would probably be that stuff that i've learned either from him or through people that um kind of work alongside him like he is great at just putting real strategy and thought into this um so one thing yeah. he says is um question marks are better than full stops um, which is, you know, a little pithy line and I just love it. So like when literally, and, and he means it very literally, when you are writing your posts, when you are looking at your copy, if the end of your, you know, sentence is a full stop, um, you've probably got a, a problem. Like it should be a question mark because you're inviting people uh, into that conversation. You should be thinking about ways in which you can rephrase what you're saying um, um, in order to make people um, feel that they have a part to play in it and that they can engage in it. Um, you know, that's what we're trying to, you know, do is build that conversation by asking questions, asking people what they think about this, asking people how uh, they would um, best connect with it. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably a, so, a really... Yeah, and I think a lot of social media managers, you know, they've tried it before maybe, they've got they've tried asking a question before and the, they tried once and no one replied. Yeah. And so how long did it take you when you started doing that to kind of push through that lack of engagement yeah. um, and what advice would you give to people that maybe they want to try asking the question, yeah. but they're just nervous about the lack of engagement. Yeah, that's great. Um, so again, I think we are in a really unique position in that if you are a church um, and you're an established church, you already have your attendees. You already have um, what is essentially an army of devoted fans of what you do and how you do it. Um, so on a very practical level, um, I would see that as a serving opportunity. And I would push that and I would say, you know, you can, um, uh, you know, you can create a team um, which does nothing practically in terms of setting out chairs on a Sunday or whatever the church looks like for you. But they can be your sort of army of devoted fans so that you can say to them, right, once a week, whatever it looks like, I'm going to put out a question. Can you answer it? Can you get? Oh, so you, so you start creating a momentum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great idea. And so I think... um, would you want to do that long term? Does it really? Probably not. Do you know what I mean? And so I think it's a little bit like um, stabilizers or training wheels when you learn to ride your bike. You're sort of guiding people in. Like this is the sort of this is the sort of thing we would like to see. Um, so let's start building that. And so I just think that's a really easy way to get that started. And even if you have two or three people that comment on it, yeah, um, no, 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 you see what I'm saying? That starts. At- I have a friend. I have a friend that got himself really big on LinkedIn and how he did it is he had a group of friends and he would message them being like, Hey guys, I've just put out a post. Could you comment on it for me? Because the way the LinkedIn algorithm worked is, is that it bases the performance of the entire post off its engagement in the first half an hour. Yeah. Cool. And so like he knew if I can get some likes and comments in the first half an hour, yeah. this post will go viral. Yeah. And his posts sometimes have like two, three, 400 comments on it. Yeah. And that's just because the way LinkedIn is at the moment. But it was really interesting. Like I think for a lot of churches that may feel fake 
But in reality, you do that every Sunday. Like you ask people to show up early so it looks like there's people in the room. Absolutely. Like you have but you're doing that kind of thing all the time. You're just taking that kind of volunteer aspect yeah. and that kind of volunteer culture, I guess, serving culture yeah. and applying it to digital and saying, hey, like you're a member of the church, please can you engage with us online? Yeah. And I think that's a that's a that's a great way to kind of kick start momentum. Yeah. Um, and to and start a culture if that culture's not there on your social media channel. Absolutely. And I think um I don't think it is fake because I think if you're asking a question, they can give their genuine opinion. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. saying, um, uh, how has Alpha helped you or how would you uh, like to connect with the Alpha core? Do you know what I mean? Like, people can give yeah. genuine opinions to that. And as long as you know there's going to be two or three people that are, then that's, you know what I mean? That's great. And you would, that's genuine. If yeah, you were yeah, there yeah. on a Sunday and you were chatting with someone and they were like, oh, I'm thinking about this Alpha thing, is it any good? You would turn and be like, oh, you know, you turn to your friend next to you, be like, oh, Dave, you've done the Yeah, 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 of course you would. Yeah. And, t- and say what an amazing, do you know what I'm saying? So it's the yeah. same principle. And it is, I think kind of that as well is what we're trying to get both our community, but what I would love the sort of wider church to get is if we can start treating digital the same way we treat Sundays, the same way putting energy and effort into it in the same way like we will see it flourish and we will see and we will reach people that we're just not going to reach on a Sunday yeah I sat with a church recently and they've just done a half a million pound building extension and they spend lots yeah they have a full-time facilities manager they have a part-time caretaker you know they're spending a lot of money week in week out on their building Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't have a member of staff on digital. They don't have a, a member of staff on communications. Mm. And I was literally like, you spend all this money on your physical infrastructure yeah. and you don't have any staff member responsible for your digital infrastructure. Yeah, and then you and then you wonder why you're not seeing progress here. Yeah. And I'm like, if you don't want to, that's fine. But if you want to see progress, you've got to put some value on it. And, and I'm not... I'm not dissing the half million pound building extension like that, yeah. that for them, like it literally kickstarted a whole bunch of growth and did a whole bunch of really good things for them. And it was really good, you know, but you can't expect to put a whole bunch of time and energy and money and staff into your building and you will see results and don't do the same on digital and expect to see results. It, it, even, even though it's unseen, it's like a building, you know? Absolutely. I think I'd love it if, people, if churches spent half a million pounds on a website. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, historically, you look and, and like the biggest asset of the church has been kind of our physical touch, the fact that we are there for people, that we can support people. Um, and that being, that has been, I think, um, our greatest strength, you know, even over the last sort of thousand years, um, that, you know, we are there and we meet people where they're hurting. We meet them in that need yeah. um, and ultimately we introduce them to Jesus. We, yeah, and that's, that's Jesus, absolutely. we incarnate. Absolutely. Jesus was the incarnate one, the church is the incarnate one. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think it's just a shift of mindset that, and, and I totally believe we can move that digitally. Yeah, um, of course. And, and I think people can be part of your church before they physically attend your church. Um, and I think most people are. So I think people will be, um, we've started to see this where people will be, um, checking you out um and in fact i had one guy um who uh, and I'm, I'm i'm quoting him said he stalked us on social for about two months before he physically walked in the yeah. um and i only think that's gonna go grow and get bigger in that oh that's my story man yeah. like i um i've recently moved to a new area and um the georgia church plant not even meeting on a sunday yet 
Mm. Um, for three reasons. One, the guy leading the church plant, I've followed him on social media for two or three years. Mm. And then I've been following the church on social media for two or three years. Oh, not, not the church for two, three years, but um, yeah. uh, since they started, so a couple of months. Yeah. And then I happened to know his brother-in-law who told me to go, but it was also because of the social media connection. Yeah. And following them and seeing seeing that what they were doing yeah. that made me so when I walked in on the first Sunday I knew that that's where I was going to go as long as it wasn't like some cult yeah. Um, yeah. like I knew that's where I was going to go yeah. and everyone's like how do you know that I'm like well I've just made the decision like I've just made that decision this is this is where I am you know and I think this is what a lot of churches don't understand is um you're communicating something you are you yeah. are communicating something whether you're paying someone to communicate that or not whether you are empowering a volunteer to communicate that so if you do not have any social media you are communicating something you are saying yes. that that is not important to you um and therefore someone who would see that as highly important is arguably not going to be as engaged with your church you know, and churches understand that because you know i've sat i've been on staff at church and and i know that we've sat in conversations uh, it could be a pastoral conversation it could be a conversation about who's going to lead certain ministries and we always know that not putting someone to lead it is a decision yeah like like not challenging someone is a decision so so it's the question isn't are we going to make a decision about this the question is what's the decision going to be and i think a lot of churches they actually know that when it comes to pastoring and teaching and theology and leading their community but they haven't quite applied that thinking to digital yet um but really it's the exact same thinking yeah absolutely um and I just like for me uh, something we're trying to like really push um, within our team is um, seeing social media as discipleship. Um, yeah. That's for, that's a big one, um, and we're definitely not there yet. Um, at the moment, it's just another activity. It's another thing on the to do list that I've got to get done um, in order to keep things happy half the time. Um, and so for me, it's a, like it's a huge change of mindset. Um, yeah. And um, I was recently chatting to a church leader in the states and. Um, and he was talking about a whole load of stuff. And then one thing he said just massively stuck out to me, which is he's trying to um, get his church to uh, view what they, He's basically trying to make church more like a media company than a church. So in so far that, and it comes back to what we were talking about before, that most churches throw away a, a week's worth of resources by just focusing on the Sundays and by actually thinking about in everything that we're doing, not only how does this live out in my midweek group or my after-school club or, or my Sunday service, but actually how am I going to utilise what I'm creating here, what I'm putting together, this really useful, um, really biblically inspired, whatever, you know, teaching or activity or resource, how could I also apply this online? Because yeah. um, I just think by doing that, you are leveraging the other hours in the week that yeah, are around and live and exist. Uh, we all are media companies. Yes. Like the iPhone has made us media companies and churches that is no different. Like they are media companies and um, it's why media companies keep going bust because they're not needed, (laughs) you know? So what would you say is your biggest challenge this week in terms of digital? Like what's the biggest challenge you're facing um, in your kind of digital role? Yeah. I I do think it comes back to what I was talking about at the beginning. Um, our local community is less average, active on social media. Um, and so uh, that's not necessarily the biggest challenge this week. Um, that's more of an overarching thing. Um, I think um, biggest challenge this week would probably be, we um, talk about a lot within our team, um, kind of our response um, 
in terms of what happens on um, Sundays and what we're creating. So much like the rest of church, like over the summer, things just slow down. Um, uh, so and I know anyone that's involved in church will relate to this, where you just have normally a whole month where on Sundays attendance is low, people aren't around, people are on holiday. Um, and the trouble with that is we feel that as a lag. Um, um, yeah. So we, uh, our big thing is all about storytelling. We are, you know, for us, um, story is king. Um, it's an undeniable account of the parodies in someone's life. Um, and so we're looking for stories constantly. We are wanting to ex- and tell people. And again, this comes back to what I was talking about before about the conversational element of, of social media. Like um, we want to tell people stories and... Um, but because we've had two months, a month of um, sort of not a lot happening over the summer, like we are in a position at the moment where we're kind of feeling the lag of that, where yeah. courses haven't been running. So for us to be able to talk about a, a current story of someone that's just completed a course, well, we're going to have to wait until that course runs again. Or um, So, yeah. Um, that, or we use the story you used six weeks ago. Exactly that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that, if I'm honest, that's our big issue this week is we're kind of scrambling for content but that in itself is ridiculous because we have a team that are pulling together do you know what I mean so um yeah. we discussed it in our staff meeting uh, this week where it was like um we don't have the usual routes or the usual stuff we would go to but there's still loads going on because there are yeah. a lot of people very busy um discipling building church and so we just need to hear about what you're doing and, and how we can use that um so yeah um that's big so couple final questions first someone's listening they're going okay Finn I'm with you we need to be doing something we need to be creating conversation online what tools would you give them to use like what's going to save their skin like what's going to save that what's going to save the time what tools do you recommend okay so um yeah that's a good question there's a few that I would highly recommend I think first of all you're going to need to schedule your content um and that for me would be priority number one otherwise you your life will be uh a shambles um, the amount of times i have sat in a restaurant yeah i've sat in a pub yeah. i've sat on the toilet yeah. somewhere yeah, yeah. and i'm there trying to post something yeah. at 6 p.m because you yeah. couldn't schedule on instagram at the time yeah. and i'm there like in the toilet at yeah. the pub like <laughs> posting on a client like you're like yeah. it's not good it's not good it's not and and so i think for your own sanity, if this is something you're going to take seriously, um, for your marriage, for your friendship, um, <laughs> yes. you're going to take seriously, please um, think about how you're going to schedule these because you can't, um, it's the beauty and the curse of social media is it's 24-7, 360, yeah. it never sleeps, um, it's always on. Um, and so you need to really be thinking about how you do that. You need to put in back. And what schedule, what schedule control do you use? Um, so we use at the moment, actually we use Buffer, um, yep. uh, so we use Buffer for a lot of our stuff um, we kind of that was kind of the original we started out with we then looked into other ones there's other kind of more all singing or dancing ones but we actually went kind of gone back to Buffer Buffer as our main um, resource for that there are and have you got a free account or are you paying for that? Um, we pay for that um, yeah just because we've got a lot of accounts uh, yep. across our kids and youth and all yeah, 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 stuff. yeah so yeah we couldn't do it otherwise um but there's other things out there um and it is free up to a certain level so yeah i would I, if you've got nothing i would start with buffer um but there are options out there i know a lot of people use hootsuite yeah we use hootsuite that's what we use in the agency yeah um uh i've just literally i saw a post yesterday that um and i need to dig into it that you can now post 
uh, to Instagram, um, both posts and stories, um, which historically you haven't been able to do. So, um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that. You can also, um, if you're only doing like Facebook and Instagram, yeah. uh, you can, if you go into the Creator Studio on Facebook, you can schedule for Facebook and Instagram yeah. inside the Creator Studio now. Yeah. So right. if you weren't going to use Twitter and you weren't going to use um, anything that was non-Facebook, and yeah. um, you can actually you don't even need to be using a scheduling tool like you used to be able to you can do it all side you know, yeah. inside great studio the only danger with that i would say is for us i would want our content to look different on facebook than it is on twitter and I'll, you can you can yeah, no, okay. oh i am no i'm saying that if your content's only facebook and instagram yeah. you can schedule it all side and create a studio yeah, yeah. so if you're going outside of yeah. outside of the kind of facebook world yeah. you would have to use hootsuite or buff or whatever yeah. But um, yeah. that's kind of another thing they've just launched. So that's really yeah. good. Any think, other tools? So yeah, yeah. scheduling. So I think um, be looking at your analytics. So I mean, yep. Twitter analytics seems to be kind of a, like a hidden thing that no one really yeah, knows man. about or uses. And I'm just like, it is the wealth of resources there um, that she just give you for free is amazing. So, um, you know, with all of this, um, you've got to know what's working and you've got to know, um, you know, what's a win. You've got to determine that for yourself. Um, and within your team or whatever that looks like. Um, and you've got to be able to track what you're doing. Um, just endlessly just sort of putting stuff out without knowing what's hitting and what's not, um, really not a great move. Um, and, yep. yeah, I'd, again, I would just go insane um, because I wouldn't know, um, yeah, how to put forwards. Yep. Um, practically, um, if you're, uh, you don't have an in-house designer, you don't have stuff like, or you don't have those skills, and, again, um, we live in a world where that has been made really easy for us. Um, so uh, Canva is a free yes. app, C-A-N-V-A. Um, it's just like design layout app. It's free. It just It's just a bit better than just posting a photo. And, you can add and even if you, so some people may be listening, they may be like the church creative director or the church designer, yeah. and they are designing, but they have a problem where departments or ministry leaders are doing their own design work yeah. and it's bad. Yeah and it's off brand yeah. you can if you pay for canva you can, and it's really cheap it's like two pounds 99 a month i think right you can actually upload your branding into canva yeah. and basically lock down people's templates so that your ministry leaders that are doing their own design are still on brand and it's still vaguely looking how you want it to look so and yeah. um, that's really useful even if you're even if a church had a designer but they've got ministry leaders doing their own that's a really great way of giving them some boundaries yeah. and that, that, that is going to keep you uh, visual identity consistent yep so that's a good one and um, also there's um, a website um it's church motion graphics uh, yeah now they do it is a monthly subscription again i don't think it's hugely expensive um the t- I think they do some stuff for free. Yeah, oh yeah, I think they, they do do some yeah, stuff for free. Definitely for free, and then if you want sort of a bit more, you can go in there. Um, yeah, it's just it's cool, creative stuff. You can edit it. You can add, um, you know. So rather than just posting a verse, you can, uh, you know, a Bible verse that's relating to something. You can post it in a way where it slides in in a cool fashion, and you know, the design of yep. it is well thought out. Um, uh, oh, actually, yeah, another one would be um, we were talking about podcasts earlier. There's a, a free podcasting app called Anchor. Anchor, man, that's what we host our podcast right. off. And, and like, Anchor's phenomenal. Again, I have nothing to do with it, um, but the guy's just like whacked lyrical about it the whole time. It's apparently just super intuitive, really easy to use. And, you know, you can, on your phone, um, you can use your phone. You don't even need a high-end microphone necessarily, yeah. um, or you can import an MP3 and it's just like post it and it goes down yeah. on all the different podcasting yeah. sort of networks, as it were. 
um, yeah, just makes life. Anchor, uh, Anchor has made podcasting so much more accessible cool. in terms of the distribution of it, like the yeah. the old kind of um, RSS feeds and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's kind of taken out all that complicatedness. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. What we'll we'll we'll, fi- we'll finish with this. What is your top tip? Top tip. Oh. What is the one thing you wish someone had told you about your role at the beginning of the, your role? Okay, you I'll, I'll say something that I think needs to be said. No content is better than bad content. So uh, the algorithm on these social networks now is so clever. And, um, and as you alluded to earlier, you know, um, the time in terms of response, the level of response um, is all factored into that. So if you are putting out stuff that people respond to, that people are finding useful... Um, great and I would say there's kind of myth in social media world where it's like you have to be posting every hour on the hour otherwise you're entirely irrelevant Um, I would disagree strongly with that Um, and I would say if you can only post once a week but it's an amazing thing that is going to attract people that you're going to draw in an audience where people are going to find it useful that they're going to immediately respond your yeah engagement is going to be high on it do that do that over a post every day that is going to get one like um yeah 100% um quality is important um and, and I know I was speaking earlier about like in terms of photography and stuff you can get away with being you know um kind of cheap and easy um, and that is true and people just want something authentic but quality in terms of the engagement on it is so yeah cool. definitely um and actually uh, a little this is a little thing that I only learned recently which is um on Instagram this is a little practical thing on instagram um responses if they're more than four four words or more um apparently it pushes the algorithm like more than 50 percent. so when someone just puts a thumbs up on there or just goes yes or no um that's fine you've got a response but if you can encourage particularly again if we're going back to if it's your people like um like sentences at least four words um um apparently um and we've seen sort of since we started pushing that, that it has seemed to work. Um, That's amazing. Four words or more is a, a useful tip. So, yeah, my top tip would be no content is better than bad content. Um, Finn, thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, so, everyone, there we go. Finn Johnson, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me.